Welcome back to another episode of Being at Work. I'm your host, Andrea Butcher, and I so enjoyed today's conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Our guest today experienced a pivotal moment in her career a few years ago when her boss exited the organization and she was left on her own to move things forward. And through it all, she learned to take a vision and run with it. Elise Radowitz leads learning and development at Larson. But what you really need to know about Elise is how she is creating her own path and relying on her passion for making a difference in the lives of the employees that she serves. Listen in as we break down the key ingredients for charting your own path. My biggest takeaway, don't wait for anyone to come to you with an opportunity. Go find it and fill in the gap. I've been with the Gustav Larson Company for seven years. Previously to entering the organization, I started off in teaching. So definitely shared passion of just educating and empowering people to find their full fulfillment and just being part of that journey. So I started and went to school to be an educator um, and then uh, worked at an association management company where I just took all the skills I had in teaching, built upon those, ended up finding a fit in um, educating and onboarding, orienting our employees as we brought in new um, a new CRM. We used multiple different CRMs for the different clients we managed. Um, with those come a bunch of updates. And so I, I kind of fell into a training role at that organization. And as I started doing that, um, it kind of scratched the itch a little bit of uh, me missing education. And so I went to look for a job that could partner up. I didn't know if it actually existed, but I was like, how do I take the skills that I had from teaching and find that in some sort of a corporate setting for training? And lo and behold, um, I interviewed at Gustav Larson. It was a great fit from the beginning. Um, the, the person in HR at the time shared the vision of what she wanted to accomplish in the organization. And I was like, yes, let's get this. <laughs> I, am, I am fully, fully bought in. So her, her vision was to bring in an upgraded level of talent for the organization. And with that, provide professional development opportunities to grow our own, to grow within the organization. And seven years later, I am uh, an example of that. I have been in three roles that never existed before me and living, breathing our values and, and sharing my story with everybody to at least internally um, just inspire them that whatever path they, they see for the organization or if there's a need and they want to fill it, to do it, to go after it. We've been around for 85 years, but by no means are we stagnant or set in our ways. Status quo is not a thing we do here. Well, and that's one of the things I find so compelling about your story is that you're in this 85-year-old organization, and yet you've been in three roles that never existed before, right? So, so much of the time I hear, well, you know, we've, we've never done it that way and kind of status quo, and you are definitely moving things forward there. Yeah, and it's testament to the leadership we have here. I mean, even even the leaders that have come before me that have, may have exited the spirit of Feeling a need and seeing how you can fulfill that gap, that is something that we live and breathe by. I mean, we have people that have been in the organization for 30 years, and there's a reason they're still here. We're, we're I mean, at least for me, I'm being challenged every day. If I say I want more, my boss finds a way to give me more and, <laughs> and take over a little part of the world that I, can, that I can take over. So it's a good thing. So I have, a, I have a question around that, but I want to come back to it. I, that's such an important point, like seeing a need and seeing how you can fill that gap. So we're going to come right back to that. But before we do, I have to make the connection between your teaching career and the work that you're doing now in organizations supporting the development of people. Clearly a passion for development. It looks a bit different than it did when you were teaching. 
But have you always had that passion for equipping and teaching? And is that something you always knew you wanted to do? It is. Um, it's something that my dad actually said to me when I was young and trying to figure out what I what I wanted to do when I grow up. And he said, you know, you've always just had a way with people for whatever reason, people, I think it's, I'm, I'm a very open book. I'm very transparent. I'm very authentically myself. And I've kind of always been that way, which I know doesn't come naturally for, for many. So I don't take that for granted, but having that kind of personality of being very open and humble and transparent, people tell me their stories. And so because of that, I think maybe my own vulnerability, they open up to me and I just, I've always had that. I want someone to, to find their fulfillment, their passion, their purpose. And if I'm any part of that, I mean, for me, the, the spark in education was seeing something I, you know, a concept I was trying to teach somebody um, and, the, and the light bulb going on for them. Like when it becomes their idea and they buy into it, that is very, very special. And for me to be able to be even part of that is just something that uh, that really sparks the fire within within me. Oh my gosh. Amen to that. I can, I, I feel that because you and I share that same passion for equipping uh, reminding people of the goodness within them. There's nothing like that light bulb moment. Nothing like it. Each of us has a unique purpose, passion, a why behind why we're here. Um, not to get you know theological, but that's that's part of the driver for me that I've kind of uncovered in the past few years is really living that that why and that purpose. We we each have unique skill sets and values, and just bringing that out in others is very very. Uh, it's awesome. That's exactly why I do what I do. Cause I can be that, that beacon in the night for a new employee that doesn't know where to go with questions or, you know, there's just, we, we are a large company. We're spread across 22 States. We have over 400 employees. There's a lot to just navigate within Larson. So if I can be any sort of help or guide to, to a new employee, everybody needs that. And so I just want to be able to fulfill that void for them. So that will, that'll be a good segue back to this conversation around seeing a need and seeing how you can fill that gap. So you have a clear why, you know what your purpose is. And so I suspect that that is a driving force for you in stepping into those gaps. It is. So being in the role I am in now, um, I did have a leadership position that had vacated before me. So the person that had put me in the role is no longer with the organization. But through that experience, I was able to report to both Scott and Andrew Larson, who are the brothers who are the third generation of the uh, family-owned business. And so I had to really step into that and trust that I you know, knew what I was doing. I'm in the role for the right reason and allowed me to have that exposure to the highest levels of leadership, the ones that are the visionary, the, the integrators of the organization. Um, and so I really had to trust that I was moving things forward in a way that they would want me to, but that I didn't have to put their name on it in order to, to move things forward, if that makes sense. So how long had you been in the role when your boss exited? So I actually had two bosses exit um, previously, one in HR and then one in sales. Just, I mean, it's, it's okay. <laughs> but because of that, I was the first time I was here for two years. And the second time I believe I was here for possibly four. So you had some contacts and good relationships. Definitely. And being the influencer I am, I don't think I understood how to harness that. Um, until the second uh, go around, if you will. And that that's where I really had to take my ability to influence to lead without authority. Yeah. How were you feeling? I mean, let's talk about that second instance, because you said that's where you, you, you didn't have some of that foresight that you have now. How were you feeling in that? 
I was feeling a little unsure uh, at times, but also confident because I had known. So the interesting thing about the second role I was in was I helped create that. Um, before it was it was a little bit in the other position I had taken. It was someone else's idea for the for the need of the organization, and I was bought in. But the second role, it was like, no, here's what I want to do. Like I, I see this gap, and it was I was talking to Scott Larson. And I was sharing with him like what my kind of vision for educating our customers was going to be. And I shared that with him. And he said to me, that's exactly what my dad's vision for the company was. We have Larson Learning Centers in every single branch because we want to be able to, we're in a technical, we're in an HVAC industry. So it's very technical. And if we can help partner and bring opportunities for our contractors to become more technically savvy in their areas of expertise, that's what we want to do. So he, we wanted to create learning centers. And that was Carl's vision was to create training centers in each of our branches so that we could provide that outlet for training to happen in our branches and we partner with them. So I didn't know that was the vision uh, that Carl shared. So it was actually during a review that I we, we were talking about it and I got very passionate about it. And Scott looked at me and he said, that's my dad's vision and you can execute on that. And I was just like, wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, talk about writing your own check. <laughs> Yeah, and hearing it from the person who he Scott has said that to me multiple times. The the people that are successful in Larson are the ones that see a need and fill it, and you get it. Like it's not just but you having having the for the the follow through to execute on that too, and a little bit of risk taking. Yeah, so let's dig into that because Elise, it's such an important point: seeing a need and having the courage to fill it. I mean, let's talk about all of the ingredients that support someone doing that. Because I hear, I mean, just yesterday I was having a coaching conversation with a senior leader who very much held this belief, which a lot of leaders do, that well, I'm waiting for the organization. Like it's the organization's responsibility to tell me where I plug in, and so and that's it's common. That's interesting because I'm having that conversation with my boss now as I as I look down at the next what's next right I'm, I'm a driver I'm always kind of thinking about what's next and wanting that next step and um, what she said to me was listen there's about six different paths you could take within this within this organization you just have to pick one we we follow EOS so the entrepreneurial operating system of right person right seat that is something we are very much living and breathing I mean seven years ago we were it was new to our organization but. To me, that was the best coaching she could give me because she's like, just pick a pick a path. I mean, her, you know, I guess guidance to me was as long as you're doing it, whatever you're doing with the company's best interest in mind. I mean, that was she was like, you're, you're going to fit where you're wherever you're you, you're, you're going to fit wherever you're going to fit. But don't forget that this is your career. This is what you want to do next. And so don't feel the need for the organization when it doesn't fulfill a lease. It is such a good point, too, because I think. I think it's the fear of choosing the wrong path. And that so the mindset of there are lots of paths and they're all going to have advantages. They're all going to have challenges. So choose one and trust that you're going to learn through that. You're going to add value through that. No doubt. Yeah, definitely. And that's just, that's where I'm at right now is just figuring out what, I mean, again, we have that, I have the purpose, I have the why behind it, but what's going to fulfill you a year from now, two years from now, what I what I'm getting to the point at right now in my in my own career and in the role specifically is I've I've grown it, I've kind of I've left it better than I found it, and I can carry it on for the next person to step into the role. But I'm I'm ready to I'm feeling that itch of like I'm ready to grow, I'm ready to to have a new challenge before me, and so I just need to figure out what that what that looks like and be patient for it to un- unfold as well. <laughs> So let's break that down. Like, so what are the ingredients to choosing your own path? I mean, 
even what you're going through right now, like I, you definitely have highlighted the importance of staying grounded in your, your why or your purpose as just like the starting point. What else? So once you identify the why, to me, it's looking at the organization as a whole, um, not necessarily looking at the department you're in. And again, that may be, that may be a shift in, in culture or mindset within the organization. But to me, it's finding those people that you trust within the organization to have those mentorship conversations, looking at the strengths that your unique strengths you bring to the table and how you can utilize those maybe cross-functionally to help a different department or, but always staying, I mean, I guess it's uncovering what the what the need is and from there developing a plan to get there, but having those conversations with the right people in leadership to say, here's what I'm seeing. How do I get to that next step? Here's how I think we could get there and not making it so for me, and I'm, I'm giving myself this own advice, not making it about what's also best for me, though. It does need to be a blend of what the organization needs right now, plus the skills that I can bring to the table to deliver and execute. I love it. But I love your advice on leading with, here's what I see from a business perspective. I mean, that just, because it grounds it in, so it's not egotistical, it's not arrogant, it grounds it in the, like the value to the business, which is obviously going to be a much better conversation than for anyone else, right? Because it feels different. Yeah. It feels like you have the same shared interest. It's the, it's starting with the end in mind, which is education and what we do in, in, lesson planning. It's starting with the end in mind and how we, and the other phrase I love to use is, you know, how we, how we start doesn't necessarily have to be how we finish, but having the, the foresight to say, here's the end result. Will we, will you partner with me? And like, can we make this happen? Yeah, that's so good. I love that. So it's just making me think about how important it is to be curious and keep your eyes open and asking lots of questions. I mean, those are the things that are going to help you uncover what those needs are. Like that's, you're, you're never going to do that by sitting back or just staying in your function. Like you're going to have to get out and build relationships and, and be curious about other functions, other roles, about the business It's as a whole, as you said. Yeah, definitely. And, and I can't stress the importance of the relationship building. I mean, I, I wouldn't have half of the opportunities if I would have stayed in my lane in, in HR and, you know, kind of is that gets a reputation of people get a little bit, you know, more closed off. And I mean, to me, I just, I took that platform of I'm, I'm overseeing professional development. Let me bring opportunities to you and you can decide whether you'd like to take advantage of them or not. That's how I've co- sort of opened that conversation. And through that, I have career path conversations with employees that are not mine. I'm their, their peers of mine, but that passion comes through. And then I have conversations with the managers and they say, yeah, I, I noticed that XYZ employee is, is really has potential there. And I'm like, right. So how do we want to uncover that? Like those are very exciting conversations and I don't have to stay in my own lane. Our director of operations and I were talking last week and I said to him, I go, you know, we're building this company, one right person at the right seat with each hire. We have an opportunity to bring the talent and bring the company we're building. And I looked at him and I was like, yes, it was so good. I was like, this is our company. Like I, this is the company we work for as just, I don't know, it's a different level of ownership that way. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's very much that mentality. I mean, you are, you are so committed because you feel such a part of it. Well, and you are, I mean, you are owning your path as you shape it, as you go. I want to go back to, you've highlighted the importance of relationship. And, and one of the, when you were talking through the ingredients, one of the things you, you said is like having those conversations, you know, and, and I like the sequence you, you talked about looking out across the organization to identify the gaps, identify the needs, 
and then looking at your own unique strengths and what you bring to the company and how you could help fill those. And then you have the conversations. How do you broach conversations? Because that can be awkward, particularly if I don't have those kind of relationships. So what advice would you give there? I mean, for me, developing those relationships, even at a surface level to understand what I make it about the other person to start. I mean, I just kind of ask them, you know, what are, what are you seeing in your team? And of course, being in HR, you, you do open up a different level of dialogue. I'll, I'll be honest with that. But I mean, if, if you're trying to uncover, you know, what, how, how are things working? I mean, we, we just use simple terminology like, how is it working? What's working? What's not? What's, what do you want to fix? What's next? Um, and so those are the conversations that I would just have with a department leader or maybe somebody that's a peer on my level, just to sort of understand what the need is without, again, making it about myself, figure out what issues, if you, if their issues become your issues, you can, I'm, I'm a problem, I'm a fixer. So if somebody brings me a problem, I always want to fix it. And so to me, those are the conversations that you have to, I, I'm just naturally curious. So I do, I do ask a ton of questions, but it makes them feel that you're really trying to understand their world and you're trying to, to just, I guess, it's, there's no end game. I usually just say, I'm asking this question to understand. I'm not asking to be critical. And so that helps break down some some barriers. And because it is, I mean, I'm, I'm asking them a little bit to get in their world. So that's why I try to at least diffuse that kind of bomb going into it to say, you know, help me understand what you're seeing and hearing. I love that frame. You just want to, you're curious about their world, just seeing what you can uncover and understand. So it's not having a conversation about your career. It's having a conversation about them. Yeah, absolutely. And where we where I can help and where maybe our team could help. That's so good. So a lot of, a lot of what you're talking about is like just seeking to understand all the time and opportunities will naturally reveal themselves as you're doing that. Yes, absolutely they will. And it and me being if I can share something that our team has learned or if I can be vulnerable myself and say, you know, I I've struggled with that too, helping relate to that allows them to feel okay and to open up a little bit more and share a little bit more about themselves or their world. And that will really open up, like you said, opportunities for, for us to learn and grow together. And how can we, how can we, if we, if you see that as a need, maybe training is an easy one. And that a lot of people think that training is also a fix when it could be something more, you know, symptomatic of a problem, but at least that opens the, the dialogue and the conversation that way. Yeah. It gives you an in to start the dialogue for certain. Another thing, when we, when you and I were talking a few weeks ago, um, you said something that really struck me because you were talking about the relationship building that you do naturally and throughout your career. And at one point you said, I didn't have the title to be asking for what I was asking for, but I did have the backing from leadership to do what I needed to do. And I, I so appreciated that because it, for me, that, so that statement so reinforces the power of your relationships. It really helped to drive the influence that you could have across the business because you had support. The biggest thing that I've, knowing what the, what a leader wants, what their vision is. And I can take that from a training class to a a training event, you know, dealer meeting, something like that, that I, I do in my world all the time. But what I've learned is if, if they can share that vision with me, I can make sure I execute on that vision. What do you want to get out of this? And so that was the way that I got over my own kind of head trash of not having the title or not being this or that. But yeah, I, I knew that I was my my end goal was to deliver on Scott or Andrew or whoever's vision of what they wanted that to be. And so because of that, I could speak to that. And that's something that I've carried forward in everything I do as well. 
this is the vision. And, and I was reading Extreme Ownership a few months ago, and it was it solidified that share the vision, share the plan. It's it's talking about just sharing that communication throughout the organization. Um, we've we've recently gone through a pretty large transformation here in our sales organization, and so sharing the vision of this new model of how we're going to approach sales has been something that we keep going back to because it's it's really it's it's changing people's mindsets. It's really shifting. It's moving their cheese without a doubt, <laughs> but um, helping them through that that organizational change and going back to what's our why. Let's let's not forget why we're changing and what we're changing for, and to help people understand how they can be part of something bigger than themselves and what a role they play, no matter how big or small, I think just helps them connect. And that's something I've brought into orientation for new employees specifically is helping them understand how they fit into this and how they contribute to our customer success, to our success as a whole. It's pretty powerful. The other thing I hear in your story is it is a very supportive culture. I mean, you have, the environment is ripe for you to create your own path because you have support, because it's a relationship-focused business. What would you say to listeners who are hearing this and saying, well, like, well, I don't have the backing from my leadership. What do I do in that situation? I would tell them to create the opportunity. I would tell them to find a forum, a format, something, whether, and again, not, not being about you, but we've, you know, we've just started this trivia night. It happens once a month. And it, it, we, we did it for a couple of new salespeople that came to town and just sort of naturally evolved. We went to a local brewery, being good Wisconsin people that we are. <laughs> and um, it ended up being trivia night and we stayed there, we played and it ended up being this organic, amazing experience of us being a team. We were all on the same team going to, you know, on trivia night, something very simple, not planned. And we left feeling the, these two salespeople that are not in, not, not in Wisconsin, they're based actually in Indiana. They felt a member of our team from, from the, the home office or corporate office. So to me, that was just, that bridged so many gaps from the field to the home office and allowed me to also have conversations with people in corporate office here that I wouldn't have normally interacted with. I had an amazing conversation with our CFO just based on shared love of a certain kind of beer. But I think you have to create the opportunity, which I know is is hard when you're maybe not in that power, that position of influence. But I would say to take every opportunity, whether it's a holiday luncheon or a team building event or a networking, a dinner or something, use the opportunity to just build those relationships and ask about them, ask about their world, even if it's something personal or professional, whatever you have to have for that lead in. But that's what's worked for me. But again, I'm, I'm an open book. So <laughs> it's a little bit easier for some. I know, I know not everybody is as open and I get that. You come into the conversation with that openness, which sets, which sets the tone for that. But you know, even someone who naturally is a bit more guarded can push themselves out of their comfort zone to be a bit more open to build a relationship that's going to help them have more influence. Yeah, I'd say just being intentional about it and, and making sure that that's your that you're going into it, not pre-prescribing everything, but being intentional about have, about making a connection with another human being in this event or in this day. Yeah. Dumb it down. I'm just trying to connect with another human being. Like that's all, that's all it is. Right. And setting the intention to just that you're going to do that and make it small, but manageable and doable and start from there. You know what you've done? You've like broken down. What are the ingredients to creating your own path? I mean, it's, it's so relevant to anyone listening. 
I mean, the things that, the things that I heard were it all starts with purpose and your why, getting clear on that, looking at those things that light you up and bring you joy and fulfillment and naming those and letting those be a driving force for you. And then your encouragement to look at the organization as a whole, find people that you trust, be curious, get out of your function, ask lots of questions, um, really seek to understand like what are the opportunities across the business, looking at your own unique strengths, the things that you bring to the company, the, the differentiators that you, that you possess, and then having conversations with people, being open with them, being curious about them, understanding their world, making it about them getting out of your lane. I love that. So thank you. Thank you so much. This is so helpful. Particularly right now, you know, we're going into a new year and no better time than right now to create your own path, particularly if you're not feeling fulfilled or happy in some area. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Yes. If our listeners want to connect with you, Elise, what's the best way to do that? They can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.